Hey guys, I'm Elena Kotauri and this is Voices of Lilith. Have you ever wondered how female musicians experience the world? I myself am a vocalist, a voice coach and a guitarist. Our metal community has grown to be a diverse and highly artistic world. So in this podcast series, we give a voice to the female musicians which create and shape our music. We dive deep into their unique experiences so you can find a way to connect to their visions and be empowered in your actions now. Let's find new ideas, raise awareness and stick together. Are you as excited as I am? Let's hop in. Hi guys, I'm extremely excited to have this powerhouse guest here today. She's a German full-time musician from the folk metal scene, but also plays in other genres like jazz or classic. Just a few of the instruments she's able to play are the violin, the viola, the cello or the hurdy-gurdy. And she's active in diverse musical projects, such as the band Subway to Sally. Her own band, Ali the Fiddle, calls their genre progressive violin metal, so the creativity and versatility is very high here. And what's even more badass is that she's actually teaching other Sacraft at the Wacken Metal Academy and through her YouTube channel. So a very warm welcome to you, Ali. I'm so honored to have you here today. Yeah, thank you for being here. <laughs> <laughs> for this great introduction, I feel really warm. <laughs> yeah, putting lots of love there. You know? Yeah, yeah, I feel it. <laughs> so I was wondering, since you are so full of energy and you fit all of these activities in your life, how is it possible for you to manage all of these projects and your family at once, especially during these difficult times of the COVID pandemic? So normally it is quite challenging, but it's doable. But at the moment it is really not doable. <laughs> I try to manage it with a, with a really good plan. I started to teach people online to, to gain enough money just to, to live. And um, I managed to do these people just to two days and I closed my, my class. I said, it's enough now <laughs> for the private lessons. Um, because I want to, to take care, really to take care of my students. I want them to have a really good education and not something just funny. <laughs> and um, I was asking just for a fixed um, fixed schedule for every day, like um, having a full time. I'm, I know I'm not so much needed. Um, the, the problem is my, my son is very small. Oh. Very, it's a, he's a small kid. It's really a lot to do. And um, so I said, at this time, there's the evening, they're all eating and um, watching TV or something. And I want this time for my special time and I want to work there. <laughs> I know I'm not so much needed there, so I'm fine with that. And I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I could ask for more, but I try not to do too. I try to be to do my best as a mother. Let's say let let's keep it like that. <laughs> um, but my brain works really good with music. I don't know. I just can't remember everything. Maybe it's the routine, or it's kind of a, a combination of routine and of uh, um, of your yeah musicality, who you are. So I'm very musical, and I've never, I had, had never the, um, I was never um, such a thing as a, what is the word, prodigy. I was never a prodigy or something, because I'm not so much the one who's uh, 
very busy with practicing techniques or I was, I, I didn't practice so much, but I was always very musical, was um, remembering phrases and all this stuff. So this is my bonus. <laughs> That's great. So your brain is specially mapped for music. So you pick the right passion, right? <laughs> I guess so. Yes. <laughs> I had the problem that I learned everything when I was a child and I never knew why I would learn this. So I was like, oh, that's not my field, like mathematics. It's wow. And, um, when I when I entered the academy, there have been so many people from the from Russia, from Ukraine and wherever, and they they grew up with all the stuff in their blood. <laughs> they knew everything. And when we have been at, at the academy and they had to describe any, something, it was like, bam, 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 bam. Did you understand it, Miss Storch? No. <laughs> I couldn't couldn't understand all this stuff because I was totally out of the bases. I don't know, out of the basics. So so do you think that musicians, like just relating to that, may fully understand their craft and perform at their best without having an education at a university and studying for years? I think there are two types of musicians, the one who studied and the one who did not study because sometimes... Um, I feel that my classical education is completely in, in the way for everything what I want to do. And sometimes it really helps to know so many things. Like um, I, I've got a very good example for this. I grew up with singing as well. I, I, I didn't sing. I was singing in the choir, in a child's choir and or children's, uh, children's choir. And um, they discovered that my voice was not healthy, healthy so I had to quit. But my sister was singing, my mother was singing, and everyone around me was, was singing. <laughs> and my mother is very classical focused. And she always said to people who were singing rock and pop and stuff, oh, that's wrong. Oh, that's wrong. That doesn't taste nice. And I grew up with this um, imagine of that's not nice, you know. So uh, singing differently was really hard to me to learn that this is also okay and this has also its challenges. Like I'm a huge fan of Flo Jansen, for instance, because which is from all these styles, in all these styles, and I'm always like, wow! <laughs> or my friend Noah Grumman, she's doing the same stuff. And it's really amazing. And that's for me singing, yeah? To have so so much uh, so many different techniques, and I would never have appreciated what they could do if I would stay in my classical world. Yeah, definitely. I think there are many classical trained vocalists who think that it's not healthy, like you just said. Like even like I'm doing the grunting, you know, these very heavy vocals, and I often heard this as well. Oh my God, this must hurt your vocal cords, and I'm just like, no, it's perfectly fine. It works. You just have to know the technique, right? So. And I always discover this with um, with my colleagues from the classical world. They are like, um, they, they close their eyes for everything else. Like somebody's really skilled in playing jazz music and uh, jazz violin. And it's like, yeah, I could do this better. This uh, it's more beautiful tone and it's not, but stop. <laughs> it's completely different. You can't compare one thing and the other. And yeah, I had to learn all this. And Now for something that I'm really curious to hear about, because probably many female artists can relate to this. Um, if we take the image representation in metal or many other genres, there are a lot of women who are shown with a stress on sexuality. And this leads to their sexualization among fans or other people of the industry. And what is your take on this? How is your experience with gender roles in the scene? And do you think it's hard for women to make a career? 
I think it's really hard to tell because I, I grew up in this scene just as I'm Ellie and I'm playing here. <laughs> I'm doing my very best and stuff. And uh, I was asked this question uh, one year ago or two years ago. And I was like, oh, it doesn't matter if you're female or not. You just do your way in the, the moment when you are very good at your job. But now I think differently, I have to, to admit. Uh, since COVID, I'm thinking differently about it. Because I see the huge difference with, between men and women. Men are able to, to work now. They are just working. And people like us, like people like us, women like me. <laughs> we have the little children, for instance, and we, we have to take care of our kids. It's not uh, the, the guys are taking care of the kids, of course, as well, but uh, not, uh, at the, uh, not in the same manner. When I told my boyfriend, I hope he isn't listening. <laughs> when I told my boyfriend, I want just three hours a day for practicing, for working. And he was like, what was his first? Afterwards, he was like, eh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> but his first first intention was what? He works 10 hours a day, eight or 10 hours a day. And afterwards, he works on his project, his own project. And I just asked for three hours for my profession. And he was really like, so there is a difference. Of course, there's a difference. And about the sexuality, um, yeah, it's right that, that sometimes people are sexualized and I get sometimes uh, stuff where I think, hello, sorry, never dare to show me such a thing or to, to write me such an email if you want, if you would be in front of me. And just dare to, to send stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Asking me questions like, hey, sorry, are you crazy? But um, I have to say, maybe it's my age. Maybe it's the, my, my standing, but um, I'm relatively out of this stuff. So it's really, it's, it's relatively rarely that I get something like this. I read this more often with other people, with other women. And um, I think we sometimes use this sexuality, we women, and I think it's totally okay. If you look good, if you are sexy, why not showing it? Guys doing it, there's them, their selves. Look at the 70s or whenever, 80s. Look at Mick Jagger, <laughs> just wearing trousers, nothing here. So why not? It's sexy, show it. <laughs> yeah. so, so why not? And um, I don't get sexualized anymore, I, I think. It's always like, um, yes, of course, I'm the woman, the only woman in Subway to Sally, for instance. And they say, okay, we've got one woman and uh, we, we sent the singer. So we have got two components to have a nice shout out. So that's totally okay. But it's really, um, it's strange that so, so uh, many men are in the scene, in the music scene, and not so many women. But... I think my personal experience is that women um, sometimes they are more they want to want to have more security, more safety, uh, security, you know, um, in their lives. I, I never I never gave a damn uh, for for money, for instance. I'm absolutely not interested in having much money. I'm just interested in uh, doing my stuff and having enough money not to care too much about it. And I know many women, they want to have their um, uh, security to get their children, to have, to manage their lives. And they would never, ever have such a life like I have, like touring all the time and stuff. But I'm the one who loves it. I need it. <laughs> it's 
So this is one point where I think um, women are not so much in the scene. And the other point is, um, if you are working as a musician, you aren't allowed to be a divian. You can't be just the girly and I don't touch this, I don't do this. And there are not many women who are um, who want to do this, who are just like a, like the mate, yeah, like the bandmate. Yes, of course, I, I take this, I put this there, I will um, carry the heavy stuff there, I don't mind. I'm on tour for all the time sitting with my guys in, a, in one tiny car or something, I don't care. There are not so many girls who would do this. And I experienced those girls like um, sometimes they came with our guys on tour or something. And there was a huge difference sometimes <laughs> uh, between the women. So, yeah, yeah. And I think it's also a way that, you know, society educates us. Like we're growing up as a girl and we're not thought to have this mindset of, oh, man, I'm taking this stuff, I'm carrying heavy stuff, or, you know, I'm working hard to be a musician because. There are certain expectations that go along with being a woman. So, mm. yeah, I think this leads to what you just said. But there are many strong women. I experienced that they are most of the time stronger or um, working harder than men. Um, yeah, maybe you can say this. I've, I've got some really good idols. <laughs> I could say I can see this, how, how uh, concentrated they are, how... Um, how straight they go their way, for instance. And they would never ever quit their jobs. They would, they're just doing it. <laughs> and sometimes really more than men. I learned so much after I had my child. Um, I, learned, I, I was always thinking that I'm a tough woman, <laughs> uh, that, that I don't need much and I, I'm tough. And um, I'm very sensitive on the other, other hand, but I've got my... <laughs> um, When I had my child, I experienced how much I have to, um, yeah, how much tougher I have to be with the child, because I have uh, not the time to care about me. I have to be just kind of functional, and often in times where I can't be functional, I'm tired or my body hurts or whatever, and um, but I have to be functional, and if you have to do this over uh, um, a couple of years, then you are doing it. And then you, you don't ask, you don't care. And sometimes I'm, when a man comes, <laughs> oh, I'm so much sweating. I've, I've got a really good example. When I was pregnant, I was so big. <laughs> I was in my ninth month or something. I was really big and it was summer. And I came to, from Munich to Frankfurt by train uh, with my pregnancy. <laughs> I went to re rehearsal. And then I came there, hey guys, I'm here, let's, let's practice. And then the guys who came in, oh, it's so, oh, I'm sweating. <laughs> it was really fun, it was really fun time. My little boy has seen 30, 33 uh, concerts in my belly. He's really, really musical. He sings all the time and he has such a good memory for, for melodies and, sound, and stuff. And, yeah. Awesome, that's so cool. So are you planning to educate him on this, on the violin and your instruments that you're playing? The very first instrument he picked was the, the drum set. The drums, so I, I bought a really tiny drum set. <laughs> sometimes he plays and sometimes we are jamming. We're having a band. It, it's um, the glooming or the glowing, the glowing zombies. Nice. <laughs> What's his, his title? So he's playing guitar, like a, like a toy guitar. 
he is doing their uh, their Lego pieces there uh, where uh, and they are they are um, with LEDs. Oh, <laughs> so it looks very good. Yeah. Coming back to the ladies, um, what tips would you give to a woman who's just starting her musical career and maybe especially someone who isn't that much young anymore and thinks that they won't make it due to their age? Oh, okay, due to their age. I can tell you, never, never, uh, never think of your age. Because sometimes, of course, I'm doing the same, of course. Sometimes I'm thinking uh, soon I'm 60, very soon I'm 60. <laughs> But soon I'm 60, and what, what then? Who wants to see me on stage then? And then I think of uh, of, of women like Lorena McKennett or some somebody like this. Uh, they're still performing. They're having a, um, a musical genre which is still matching, also with the age, also with heavy metal. You can be a really kick-ass heavy metal musician, I think, with 60. When it comes to age, I think of Jennifer Batten, for instance. She is amazing. She looks smashing. And I, I love to see her play. And she is so settled. She is like, yeah, I'm Jennifer Batten. <laughs> and um, I myself, uh, I'm one person who is always a little bit late, uh, which means... Um, My head is full of uh, full of stuff and full of uh, ideas and things. So um, my problem is to be a little bit more focused. And this is why I think uh, I need a little, little bit longer for things sometimes. Like um, we, we know each other now from, from, one, uh, from one coaching thing. I ask myself sometimes, why, why did I start now? <laughs> I'm such an old lady. Why did I start now and not 20 years ago? And uh, the, the, the answer is simple. I, I didn't have an idea of it before and I didn't think it was necessary. And now I think uh, it could help me so much to, to get more focused in this direction, for instance. And when I struggle myself with age and thingy, things, uh, then I'm always thinking at the, the actor Leslie Nielsen. You know that he started really acting or was discovered when he was 60 or older, when he made, make, made the, the, naked, the naked gun. Yeah, I know that one. <laughs> yeah. And ladies, he's a really good, really good actor. And I'm like, since this, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I can grow old. And when I'm making music now, it has more substance. And, um, it's much more interesting because I know much more about music and I'm much better in playing violin and stuff. And, I learned so much after I studied violin, so I think it's um, the person I'm now could, would be much more interesting than the person I was 20 years ago. So I uh, think of starting my career now. <laughs> so never, never mind the age, just do it. Just be yourself and just, just do it. That's beautiful. I mean, yeah, your music also grows up with you, like right with your personality and everything. But I think this is the trap that many ladies fall into, like me as, as well. Like you're thinking, oh, my God, you know, Billie Eilish or people like that, they're famous and rich with 16 years old. So what am I to do now? I'm in my 30s or whatever. So there's, for example, Dodo Pesh is also a good singer and she's still in shape and cool and rocking it, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And I have to tell everyone who's younger than me <laughs> and who would start, who would start a career, um, I would always say, um, think absolutely precisely when you will get your child. Because when you get your child, everybody tells you um, your life will change 180 degrees. And it is really like this. 
I always thought, um, when I will, will have a child, I will do my stuff, I will do my direction, nothing will tear me down. But I never expected uh, this to be so challenging. <laughs> so maybe it's better to get your child very, very, very early. And when the child is old enough to go out and to do everything, then you're free and you can do whatever you want. Or you do it my way. You wait for a long time and you build a fundament, you build a base for everything and take a kind of out time, out time, time out, kind of time out. And afterwards, uh, you, you swim more freely or something. So I, I never stopped because I, I can't stop. <laughs> I can't stop my career. I can't stop. Uh, also, I can't also not stop now in uh, the COVID time. Um, I was thinking about it. I was thinking like it's so stressful and it's so, ah, um, what's the point? Why not taking a break now? And I couldn't on one point because I'm so much musician. I can't do it. And on the other hand, um, I was also, of course, um, I was really fearing to lose everything I'm, I'm having. Because if you're stopping, people lose interest in you and it's really hard to keep up. I had the experience, for instance, with my own band. I've got my band, Ali the Fiddle, as I told before, the progressive violence stuffy. And um, this is my personal playground. So I can compose, I can sing there, I can whatever, do whatever I want there. <laughs> They're all artistry stuff. And um, um, when my child was born, I was writing uh, the, 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 the new album. He was born and I immediately, immediately wrote the new album, also with uh, lack of sleep and everything, just to have the album. And um, we didn't play live. And we don't have a new album since 2018. And... When I think, so we were we weren't playing playing for a long time, and I didn't do much of uh, social media and newsletter stuff. And I didn't the people didn't hear lots of my band for a long time. And when we started again with a new album, there was so low attention. It was really what what happened? We were we weren't playing for two years or something. What happened? They have been somewhere. And just I have, to, I have to to build up everything from the ground now again, and I think that uh, the 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 main point, the main theme, completely changed. Um, when I started making music, I learned that um, making mu really good music is the main point to practice every time to make it as best as you could, and then later you you sell it and somebody sells it for you. And now, 20 years later, I think completely differently. The market has changed so much. You have only you have to be always aware of how do I sell my stuff? What can I tell my clients or my my listeners? And if you're doing if you are doing this right, your practice time goes down to this. <laughs> But I'm not. I, I'm a little bit old school. I stay with my practice time. I want to grow better, and I became so much better after my studies. So. I wouldn't change this. I learned so much now. Why not? Why not using this? So I'm. I prefer to have um, a small circle of people who really like my music and to have the feeling I'm doing really something good and not selling some crap. 
Mm. I mean, uh, as a musician today, you have to do so many different things. Like, it's not like you can just do music. Usually you have to present yourself and do social media and managing. And maybe you don't want to be at a label anymore, so you have to manage yourself and release and distribute and, you know, know so many more things. So yeah. Absolutely. So the best way would be to, to have people who help you. Not easy to find people who help you. You have to pay people who help you sometimes. And I've got a trust issue with that too. <laughs> not so much in uh, not, not so much in the way that somebody could uh, could could um, take uh, take the business away or something. But uh, I need people who do it properly. If they're doing it not well enough, if I'm not doing it well enough, it's my own fault. Hard. But if somebody works with me and isn't doing it well enough, then I've got really a problem with that. So I'm fine to have. I'm really happy to have a label, and I'm really grateful for my guys. Thank you. <laughs> um, and they have done. They're doing an amazing job, and I can ask things every time. But I'm still having no management. Um, I'm having a booking booking agency, and he has sometimes problems to sell my band, and I don't know why. Because I'm sitting beside him, I can just guess why. I think I have to do much more than that he can do his proper job. And so things like things like this, I think I have to do really a lot of things. Yeah, but you're already doing so many things. So <laughs> problem. Yeah. Uh, maybe your son will do this one day for you. You know. <laughs> oh, Or I'm doing it for him. Yeah, that would be beautiful. Know. With the glowing zombies. <laughs> yeah, 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 the glowing zombies. <laughs> you know that in the history of Western music, especially during the Romantic era, the violin was referred to as a feminine instrument. And today many bands have a female vocalist and call themselves female-fronted. So would you say that some instruments are still divided by gender? And if so, why would you say that is? Yeah, when I, when I think about it, maybe it's really true that uh, violinists are, are very often... Uh, women in, in, in bands in rock music or let's say in um, our in my special field i'm very much uh, in the folk and gothic metal scene in germany and there are really many women just the violinists or the hurdy-gurdy players um but not in general and i think everybody agrees that bassist uh, female bassists are really hot <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they are hot. <laughs> nice. Yes, maybe maybe in the imagination. It's like uh, I I had always the imagine that uh, violin is not a female instrument; it's a male instrument. Also, former times in classical music, because um, women haven't been allowed to play as professionals, so it have been men all the time, and everyone is really famous. From the older times, they have always been men. So maybe my image of it is just men. I, I think I started with Anna-Sophie Mutter. She has maybe been the first female um, violinist from the classical field that I uh, learned to know. I think so, yeah. And now it's Hilary Hahn. And right, like women usually, we're not allowed to show it to the public. I read an interview where you said people should really carefully listen to music and get involved with music much more. So could you explain what your way of listening to music is and how to become more aware? Ha ha ha! Oh, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> because I'm so much in the, in the gothic music uh, scenario, and also with um, yeah, let's say with the the chart, the charts, the German charts. When you see who is really winning in the German charts, it's sometimes really oh, awful. And <laughs> yeah. I've got the impression that the audience is buying everything. And it's not something I like. I want the people to be really attentive and to hate you if you're really bad. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's too strong, but <laughs> but sometimes I'm like uh, practicing and doing stuff and trying to be in, in, innovative uh, and coming down on stage. And I, I'm like, oh, this this uh, tonight I was really good. I was um, I was was uh, playing a really cool solo. I had something completely new in my head. And then the guys come to me, hey, nice concert. How do you take care of your hair? And I'm like, sorry, I'm a violinist. I'm not a hair model. Would you please ask me something about my violin playing? I developed so much over the past years, and I'm playing a six-string fucking violin. Why are you asking me about my hair? <laughs> so this was, I think this was the, the reason why I said something like this. And um, to answer your question, how to become aware um, I think you have just to listen to very good music. If you are a musician, you have to listen to people who are much better than you, who are much uh, on a better, um, who are much um, more advanced in uh, their their ma making of music. Like uh, they they've got much more in their heads, much more experience, much more, um, especially much more visions, not just nice ideas, just visions like. Like Devin Townsend, like Devin Townsend, for instance. If you like this is vision, or if you listen to Aristocrats, this is vision. I really love this uh, jazz rock stuff because it's so much more advanced, and uh, they are so advanced with songwriting, with uh, sound, sound culture, with music structure. So, um, yeah, I try to listen to, or not try, I love to listen to such a thing. Like, um, I had um, I had uh, a routine when I've been on tour. I was playing with several bands. Uh, also, with, uh, you, you're playing every time the same stuff, and you try to relive the stuff every every night. And But um, all you have to do from your real skills and your knowledge is just a tiny bit. Of course, and um, that's totally okay, totally fine. And you're doing your best to present this tiny bit, <laughs> but there's a little bit more, and your brain needs the little bit more. So um, I had the routine every night in my bed in the nightliner. I was uh, lying there and listening to um, my big idol, uh, Jerry Goodman, for instance. I really love this man and his, his art, and I was listening precisely to. How is he playing? Um, what happens uh, under the violin? What is the band doing? Why does it uh, why does it fit so perfectly together? So like uh, analyzing, enjoying, yeah, and um, making your um, training your, your your taste, training your taste of uh, music, for instance. I can't do this now with my little child. <laughs> when I go to bed, I'm just doing something stupid to, to uh, turn my head off, to, to turn my brain off. But uh, when it comes to better times, <laughs> when I can, can take care of myself, I try to listen to really good music. 
which makes me better. Or also, I'm I'm um, I'm working really a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm working a lot as a studio music musician, so I'm getting the stuff from other bands on my desk, and I try to to play as best as I can at the highest quality I can. And this is also something which, which um, raises you up somehow because you you start to, uh, to to feel more mistakes or more tiny mistakes. You start to discover much more in the sounds, in the um, precise playing and stuff. So these two ways are my way to become a better musician and a better listener. <laughs> Yeah, cool. And also picking, just as you said, all the influences from different people, knowing how they are playing their music and cultivating into your own playing, right? Well, like, for instance, Björk is also some, someone who has, wow, this is really, wow. It's not just when, uh, she's not just doing music, she's doing the whole universe around the, the music. And this is really inspiring. This is what I really adore about her. Yeah, and just like in the old days, you know, whole metal, rock, punk scene just was invented because people were experimenting yeah. and not doing the same old ways, you know. So They were daring to yeah. do it. Yeah, they just did it and mm -hmm. they didn't care if their parents said, man, this is not music, you know, yeah. this is just noise. They just did it. <laughs> and today we're so proud that we have this music. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> The pop music, the pop industry has these chart hits. They look at the looks and how the girls are dressed and everything. And the music is just so in the back and it doesn't matter so much anymore. So I think that what happens with you and many other women as well, they are judged by their looks and not by what they're doing and what, you know, what they're crafting and the ideas and the visions. It's like um, it, it comes to what, I'm, what I was saying before about the classical stuff. I grew up with all this classical stuff. And when I was listening to pop music, it was like, I can do that, no problem. <laughs> She looks nice, okay, I, if I go, go slimmer, I will do this too. <laughs> But when I listen to this today, I say, wow, there's so much skills behind it. I never recognized it because I just learned how, <laughs> this is, no, this is also very high skilled, like Lady Gaga or someone. I'm really impressed if people like, like her are singing. Because now I've got the uh, the understanding for it. Yeah, and that's why these comments usually come from people who are not musicians. Uh, I don't like my guild. I don't like the violinists because they are always like, mm, we are the violinists. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I play better than you. Yeah, so, so I had always a uh, bad experience with violinists in the classical field. And when I switched the field and came to uh, rock music and folk music, it had, has been the complete opposite. They're like, oh, you're, you're, you sound like this. Oh, that's interesting. I play like that. Oh, that's also interesting. It's, um, you're more unique and you, you really appreciate the um, uniqueness of other people. And in the classical field, everyone is the same and you have to sound like the same. And if you want to be unique, you have to be world class. Then you are maybe unique. But I experienced that something between uh, or in between the, the, the people are not really nice to each other. They're not very supportive, really not supportive. That was my experience. Maybe other people have a different experience with that, but that was my experience all the time also in, in the professional theater. And That's very sad. I mean, that's why I like Nightwish and Flo Janssen so much, because they're combining the pop and classical and metal even. So they're combining all of that and saying, hey, guys, you can play this music and it can all be one. It doesn't have to be different or something is better than the other. Absolutely. 
And I think that classical music is very inspiring for, for heavy metal music. They're very close together. So to tearing it apart, it's really not, not very clever. <laughs> Yeah. And just as you said, you can learn from all the different genres, like you can take something from everything and it doesn't have to be just one thing, but open your mind, right? That's why I'm doing progressive music. I read a Wikipedia article that progressive music combines everything, world music and whatever you want. And I was, yoohoo! <laughs> <laughs> awesome mindset there. <laughs> and Then, since you're a band coach as well, what thoughts arise in your head when you get on stage or play in the studio? Do you get in some kind of meditative zone? And do you have any tips on how to focus? I know there are many people out, out, there, out there who are um, fighting stage anxiety. And um, I remember my days when I started and when I was a little bit scared, um, I always thought, um, I, am not, I am not the best. I will not be the best. I know this. But I'm here to play music. And I come here to make music. And um, this is something I really kept until today. Um, I don't mind. Uh, I don't think about maybe I'm, I'm not good enough tonight or something. Um, of course, I, I never lose this. Some, uh, a little bit of this is always keeping with me. Um, but I try to, uh, to push this thought away. And just to focus on making music, I want to have fun. I want to not not I want to have fun. I want to make the best music I can. I want to play. It's like um uh, maybe maybe you can compare it like this. I had uh, I was just recording some stuff with some uh, fellas, and one of the fellas he was just doing his job, just playing. And I thought, oh, that's so completely emotionless. How can someone someone play without so much without emotion? And I try to do exactly the the opposite. Whatever I play should be emotionally should should hit the heart. And if I do this and think of just make music, or when when I lose it and I'm oh god, there's this one guy in the audience. I know he's the best violinist of the whole world, and oh, he makes me nervous. Then I'm like push this away I'm just making music I want to reach people I want to be emotional I want to transfer the song I want to transfer transfer the feeling of the song that I'm having I'm give it giving it to you so this makes me much better in this sometimes it's really complicated to do so so um, uh, I help myself with a little shot of vodka for instance <laughs> just to calm down and to click my head off Especially when I have to, to do improv improvisations on uh, stage. That makes me nervous because I know I'm not the best. I know who is the best. And I I know that it will never it will never be so good like I would expect it to be good. Yeah, it's you, you get very um, vulnerable when you show yourself on stage and you just uh, try to... You have these emotions and you show yourself to all these people. So yeah, I think that's where the anxiety comes from. Yeah just getting back to the ground and saying, hey, I'm just here, it's me, I'm showing myself, no problem. People like it to see you on stage and they want to know you. And you're just yourself and you should be okay with yourself because even if you make mistakes, that's just you, right? Absolutely. Nobody, uh, nobody um, recognizes the, the mistakes. Sometimes I've got some, uh, for instance, I've, sometimes I've got the problem with um, I'm playing live, people like it, and then somebody wants uh, to, to do it on a record. And then I have to play all the overdubs because when I play live, 
I don't mind if uh, I'm, I'm, I try to be very perfect on stage as well. <laughs> but of course, some sometimes there's one tone missing or I just did something wrong. Of course, that's just natural. And that's something what, which, uh, what always happens, of course. But people won't recognize it because they're having the show, they're having the whole impression and they're having the natural feeling. And when I'm uh, doing this on a record, <clears throat> they are listening completely differently. So I try to uh, overdub this and make it better. <laughs> but if on stage, if I have a crap day, nobody will recognize it. Or when I, also when I do, when I'm doing a huge mistake, like uh, there's an open solo part, and I grab the first note at a completely wrong place, I can completely laugh about it because I know everybody knows it was just a mistake, and everybody likes it. it's just nature, it's just live music and I'm laughing with the audience about my mistakes so I've got really no problem with that <laughs> the first time in Wacken first time Wacken open air I was just a guest for, for friends and I was really nervous <laughs> it was just 10 years ago or it has been 10 years ago it wasn't uh, far far more uh, ago I've been on stage with them and I've seen the whole audience with these 60,000 people or something and I was Okay, now I'm nervous. <laughs> but I lost it. Uh, luckily, I lost it later because uh, of the very often playing, you are losing the, uh, the, the anxiety or the, the fears to go on stage. I remember that I once got a comment from a professor. Um, I was playing with several other students uh, a solo part. We were just, um, everyone had the solo part to play. And then it was my part. And I knew everyone, every others, uh, other violinist would be much better than me, technically much better than me. And I was like, okay, I can't win here. <laughs> um, I can only win uh, with making music. I just make music. And I was playing. And afterwards, the professor from another field, not my professor, he came to me and said, I like yours the best because you made music. And I was okay, that's the way. I'm right with this way. I will keep this way. Maybe I'm not the best musician. I will never be a high-end, um, world-class Jerry Goodman. I will always be myself, <laughs> but I will be myself and I will make music. Wow, beautiful. <laughs> Since you're also the head of the string department at Wacken, as you just said, um, what led you to wanting to become a coach apart from your artistic journey? Are, you students, are your students as open to all genres as you are or do they only play metal usually? Haha. <laughs> um, Yeah, that's funny. Um, the the Wacken Metal Academy started now in uh, October, so we don't have so much experience here. Um, but I've got some private uh, private students or pupils, um, and they're very open to everything. They are not so much metal musicians. Um, I suppose when when we go on with the Wacken Metal Academy, that we will have lots of guys who want to play really metal music. Um, but I want to teach more than metal, of course, because metal is just a small field. And you can only be very good in your specific field if you know enough about the other genres. And um, every student or every pupil I had before or I had until this time um, had been in another field. I think electric violin or um, violin in these fields are so very special that really not many people try to think about it. 
I often get the pupil, pupils who are 16, 14, something, something like this, where the, par where the parents uh, tell me, my kid started playing violin and was not really fond of it because it had to play classical music all the time and the teacher didn't want to go out of this field. So they quit. And I heard you, you're doing uh, some lessons. If you, if you like, we would like to, to go with you now. Let's try it. And the, the, the pupils are like, wow, I can do whatever I want. And my first thing is always to ask, um, what is your favorite song? Which, which song uh, would you like to play? And then I show my, my students, my pupils, they can play everything they want. And I hope to, to um, raise their taste and their um, personalities this way. And maybe one day some guys will go to the metal direction. Some guys will, do to another, will go to another direction. And I've got so many uh, wonderful colleagues in every genre. I could tell if someone would uh, like to specialize in folk, I would say go to this guy. If someone wants to specialize in jazz, go to this guy. <laughs> so I'm doing the basic work <laughs> and specialize then maybe in, in rock and metal. That's great. That's a cool mindset for your students as well. I guess they're very happy with you. <laughs> well, all right, Ellie. Thank you so much for your time and energy. It was very insightful to me. Um, so I'm curious, where would you like to guide our audience to find you and support your work? Uh, yeah, you will find me on Facebook. I've got two pages, one for my uh, personal stuff, Rock Violinist Ellie Storch. And I've got one for my band. It's um, Ellie the Fiddle. And you will find both myself and my band you will find me uh, find us on instagram as well and i've got two websites of course uh, one ellistorch.com and one is ellifiddle.de great thank you so much <laughs> thanks very much for for having me thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast i hope it brought new insights to you and may become food for your thoughts If you like this episode and would like to follow me along my mission, I'd be so happy about every form of support. Rate this podcast and follow me on elenacortari.com or on Instagram or Facebook. I would love to connect with you there. Until next time, horns up. <laughs>